Welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm your guest host, Deb Hutton, and it is 4 o'clock on Wednesday, which means I am joined by Brett House for an episode of Dollars and Cents. Brett is a professor of professional practice in economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School, and Massey College. Hey, Brett. Hi, good to speak with you. So lots of things happening in the world of dollars and cents. Let's start with this one. Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario has done a poll. They say 81% of households are more concerned with the necessities, paying for food, rent, mortgage, the basic day-to-day cost of living than saving for retirement. And in fact, 44% say that affordability these days have actually hindered them from even starting down the path of saving for retirement. What are the repercussions to this? Well, it's worth putting those numbers in context. If you look at surveys run by private accounting firms or government agencies over the last couple decades, you would probably find that the numbers are pretty similar. Most people are concerned about their immediate expenses, the cost of living here and now, and retirement seems a long way off. It's on people's minds, but the most uh, heightened and intense concern is always putting bread on the table in the current moment and filling the car and making sure housing payments get made. So that's probably not out of line with what we would have seen at any point in the last decade or so. But that second piece, that 40% of Canadians aren't putting anything aside for retirement, is the much longer-term concern. When corporate pensions are smaller or oriented around defined contributions rather than defined benefits, the other parts of the system that are meant to carry people through retirement have gotten tighter. And so if people aren't savings, That is going to mean we've got a looming problem ahead in coming years. Interesting. So the 81% in your view is not super out of whack, despite what we're all feeling as an affordability crunch. Well, the intensity of that 81% isn't something that that survey measures. You know, how strongly do those people feel is probably more intense than it's been in the past. But the share of folks who say, you know, they are mainly financially concerned about their current needs and spending requirements, that stays pretty much constant around the 70 to 80% territory over time. Toronto Maple Leafs Captain John Tavares is in a legal battle with the Canada Revenue Agency over his 2018 contract. What is at issue is a signing bonus of $15 million plus U.S. And the dispute is over the rate uh, that he has to pay to CRA. Is this not something that would have been settled in a general sense for high-paying Um, hockey players, football players, basketball players who are American but may be playing here or were playing in the States and are now playing here. Like, it seems to me like this is a weird thing to be settling in 2024. Well, it is a weird thing, particularly when there is a specific rate for these inducements or bonuses for Mm -hmm. high-level athletes that 
uh, Tavares is arguing uh, should be applied here, and that's 15% versus more than 35% that CRA is asking for. The argument is over where was he on the preponderance of the year in which the bonus uh, was incurred? Did he qualify as a U.S. resident for tax purposes or a Canadian resident? He says he was only in Canada for 45 days that year, and so you know this cross-border tax rate that the CRA has created should apply. You know, without getting into the details of his case, I think what it highlights is that for a whole lot of Canadians who work back and forth across the border or maybe have dual citizenship, taxes are complicated and it's almost impossible to do them on your own, you know, with TurboTax or a calculator and a piece of paper. You need a lot of help with them. And it's too bad our tax system is that complicated. Is there a way to simplify it? I know it's a political topic and a political policy that pops up every so often during election time, but is there truly a way we can simplify our tax code? Oh, for sure there is. And many countries have a much simpler tax code. And, you know, we do include many benefits and credits in our tax code to reward people who are having a tougher time or induce, you know, good behavior. Uh, But we could do all those things in simpler ways. And even more importantly, uh, Professor Jennifer Robson in Ottawa has highlighted that most other industrialized countries prepare the tax return for their citizens. And then, you know, if you have more information to add, or quibbles with it, then you can file for those changes. But it puts the burden of getting a tax return done on the government, and it takes it off people, and it removes that uh, that big interest in accounting firms and you know other companies in protecting that tax preparation space. Uh, we could make filing taxes a lot easier than we do. But that would mean government is working for us, Brett. Well, you know, I think government does in a whole lot of ways. And this would be a really great way they could because about 10% of Canadians don't file a tax return. They're mainly low-income Canadians. And as a result, they're missing out on credits and benefits they would otherwise get. So this is really a social justice issue we could all get behind. So Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin has said that housing affordability is about supply increasing, not interest rates decreasing. He says monetary policy can't do everything and a lower interest rate is not your silver bullet. Your thought on his comments? Uh, I'm a fan and I agree entirely. And I think most serious economists would. If you look at the last decade or so, the number of housing starts compared with the number of additions new Canadians added to our population, either by immigration or birth, has been at a 40-year low. So we haven't been anywhere close to building what we need for the growth in our population, even before immigration really started taking off. And there is no way that getting interest rates down, you know, back to 3% or so is going to change uh, that demand for housing. We simply have too many people for the houses we've got. And I can't imagine a scenario under which prices are going to come down in a substantial way. Lower mortgage rates will help on one hand, but they're also going to stoke more demand and that'll push prices up too. Yeah, and I, I often think it's it's about what you have left uh, at the end of the month as opposed to the motivation to buy, because I think many, many people are motivated to buy. It's it's just sort of 
you know, can can we do it and what's left at the end of the month? We started our conversation, Brett, uh, by talking about uh, planning for retirement. There is um, an advisor piece out that says an RRSP contribution can protect income-tested benefits and credits. In other words, it can bring down your overall income so that you're more likely to be able to be eligible for certain benefits and credits. Your your thoughts on that? Help us flesh that out a little bit. Well, tis the season to think about taxes. Uh, February is the season of love and taxes together. And uh, <laughs> what this points to is, again, how complicated our tax system is, because it highlights that if you make an RSP contribution, you may bring down the adjusted income on your income uh, tax statement in a way that makes you m- you know, still eligible for some credits and benefits that you would otherwise lose. Uh, and it may also, though, increase your assets over time in a way that could knock you out of other eligibility for benefits and credits. So the whole situation is complicated and it points to the need for government and uh, social organizations do a lot of educating on the pros and cons of different ways of investing for your retirement and their implications on your taxes now and the benefits you receive and your taxes and benefits farther in the future. There's no one-size-fits-all answer there except to say it's complicated. Dollars and cents with Brett House. Thanks, as always, Professor of Professional Practice in Economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School, and Massey College. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Brett. Thank you.